0: Hello, and welcome to the Homeschool Sanity Show, your prescription for happier, healthier homeschooling. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschooling mother of six. Let's get started. Hey, homeschoolers. If you're wondering how to achieve your goals this year, I have 10 tips for you and this podcast is implementing one of them. I'm co-podcasting with my friend Barb Raveling for this episode that I hope inspires you in the new year.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we are going to be speaking on two podcasts, both the Homeschool Sanity Show and the Christian Habits Podcast. And I have my friend Melanie Wilson here. We're going to be talking about... 10 tips for achieving goals. And when I thought about doing this podcast, I thought, boy, who do I know that's really good at achieving goals? And I thought, <laughs> Melanie Wilson. So I asked if I she would join me in this podcast. So I'll introduce her and then she'll introduce me too for her followers. Melanie is a mother of six. She's a Christian psychologist, She is the host of the Homeschool Sanity Show. And she's the author of A Year of Living Productively Weekly Experiments and Getting More Done. And I actually remember when she was doing the blog series on her blog that led to this each week, she talked about a different uh, productivity system. And I just thought it was so helpful. And I actually have her book right in front of my face here and I found it to be really helpful. So welcome to the podcast, Melanie. Well, thank you so
0: much for having me, Barb. And I want to introduce Barb. To my listeners, Barb is not new to the podcast. I have had her as a guest a number of times. I'm not sure exactly how many, but it's always been a blessing. But Barb is a retired or veteran homeschooling mother of four. Is that correct? That's right. I I just wanted to make sure I had the number of kids correct. And Barb is a very active family-oriented person and so focused on scripture. And she is really a very gifted Bible study writer. And she is the author of The Renewing of the Mind Project, a book I absolutely love. I mean, really, I love all of her books. (laughs) um, Freedom from Procrastination is a book that I actually reread recently and was so blessed by. And she has a new Bible study on the book of James coming soon, and I have previewed that and love it as well.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Melanie. Well, let's get started on our 10 tips for achieving goals, and Melanie is going to start with our first tip.
0: Okay, so the first tip that we have for you today, if you want to achieve your goals this year, and of course you do, that's why you're listening, is to develop a routine, A lot of times we just think about getting to the goal and what we have to do to get that goal achieved, whether it's writing a book or losing a certain amount of weight. But the fact is that any goal is easier to achieve if we develop a series of steps that we go through on a consistent basis, most days of the week or of the year that will help us to achieve the goal. So it doesn't have to be so focused on, you know, what I have to do on a particular day if I know that I just have the same habits or steps or checklist that I go through each and every day that is going to get me to my goal.
1: Yeah, I love that. And both Melly and I do that in practice. We both write uh, right in the morning after our quiet times for a certain number of hours, right? Melanie, you do that too, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. and that just helps us to, to keep writing and putting out content. Okay, so the next one is to make it easy. And the problem with goals is like, usually goals are hard. Because if we put them on our list, that means we haven't been doing in the past. Like Scott and I, my husband and I, we used to always meet our recreation goals every year. (laughs) We'd write goals Mm -hmm. in every category. The recreation ones were the only ones we met because those were easy (laughs) and fun. But for hard goals, you have to try and make it easy. And one way to do that is to have short amounts of time. So like when I first started writing, I only made myself write for 15 minutes. I wasn't capable two or three hours like I am today. Another one is do it for the best time of day for self-control. So whether you're doing a habit or working on a goal that has an end in sight, try and do it during the time of day when you have the most energy and you're most likely to be able to make yourself do it. And I also think it's helpful to lay your things out the night before, uh, depending on what the goal is. You know, like if you're painting a room, get out all the painting things the night before, if you're trying to develop a quiet time habit get everything set up the night before. So at least, you know, that's not going to stop you from working on your goal.
0: Absolutely. And I would just add to that, that we can examine what we're already doing and make use of that. So if you really want to have your home organized And um, just decluttered this year, that might be a goal that you have. Then think about when you are most likely to do your decluttering tasks and start focusing on it then. You know, maybe Saturdays are the days that you end up doing some decluttering, even though you would really like to declutter every day of the week. If that's what you're already doing, then just capitalize on that and at least start there.
1: Yeah, that's great. I think there's that habit stacking people talk about where you're trying to stack new habits to old habits. So if you already have a habit of eating a meal or brushing your teeth, for example, if you can tie a new habit to that, that's helpful. Okay. What's our next tip, Melanie?
0: Okay. So the next tip is that we want to make a plan for dealing with obstacles We know that what we tend to do when we plan out goals is we get so excited and we anticipate that everything is going to go perfectly. (laughs) We're going to get up at 6 a.m. to swim or walk or go to the gym every day, and nothing is ever going to get in the way of that. We're always going to feel as motivated as we do today. And of course, Realistically, we know that that isn't going to work. And so we have to think through what are some of the obstacles that are going to come up along the way, and how can we be proactive in overcoming those? So, for example, I really hate the cold. So, if I am trying to develop a morning exercise routine, I might tell myself that on really cold days when I don't want to get into my car that's not warmed up (laughs) and go to the gym, that I will work out from home. But it's not going to be something where I just kind of fall into that. It's going to be pre-planned to deal with that obstacle of really cold weather.
1: Okay, what do you do with the obstacle of failure? Because I feel like that's one of the obstacles that gets all of us Uh, How how do you handle that obstacle?
0: Yeah, well, I think we're going to be talking about more tips that will help with that. And we've already talked about those. So if you make your goal achieving behaviors into a routine, and if you make it easy, it's Mm -hmm. so much more likely for you to have success this time around. Most people who make really big, positive changes in their lives don't do it in the very first go round. So you can tell yourself that too, as well.
1: Oh, I love that. So you're kind of thinking of the overall picture. You just keep trying to do the routine, make it easy, kind of expect some failures on the way and push through. I like that. I was thinking too, one of the obstacles for me is decision-making. I hate making decisions. And in so many goals, it seems like there's some elements of decision-making. And so- One way to solve that problem is just just to try and find a process whenever you're faced with the decisions, because I can procrastinate a whole day when all I really need to do is go through this decision worksheet I have. The decision super easy as soon as I go through the worksheet, and then that's not something that's going to keep me from my goal. And I'll add a link to that in the show notes to this podcast. I think you can find it just by going to barbraveling.com slash procrastination but uh, I'll try and add a link to that in the show notes as well. Fantastic. So the next tip
0: that we want to use to help us meet our goal is to find ways to make it fun. This is probably, probably my favorite tip,
1: (laughs) even though it's the most fun tip. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, There have been so many things that I have done over the years to help me meet my goals. So An example I can use is I really wanted to be more diligent and consistent in my exercise routine, and I just didn't feel like going to the gym. And so even though it wasn't the most strenuous exercise, what I did was I started riding the recumbent bike at the gym, and I would only allow myself to read this Christian fiction book series when I was on the bike at oh, the gym, that's a great idea, and it worked like a charm. <laughs> and it made it, it just made it so much fun. I didn't even notice that I was exercising.
1: Good, I love that. Oh, This is something I also really strive to do because um, I love fun, and so I try to make it a fun location, a fun companion, a fun reward or try and make the work itself fun. So like in the beginning with writing, maybe not in the very beginning, because my kids were home in the very beginning, but in more recent years, I always go to the bakery to write. And so that was a fun location. I maybe wasn't at the party, but I felt like I was at the party (laughs) because all around me, people are laughing and talking. And I just enjoy writing probably, I bet four times as much if I do it at the bakery. So Mm. If you have a hard thing to do, something you don't enjoy, see if there's any way you can have a fun location. You know, if you have kids at home, see if you can, you know, ask ask your, your husband to watch the kids or trade with a friend or something so you can commit your goal and, and try and make it more fun. And, and if you do it with other people, that's more fun. We'll be talking about that later. Or sometimes like a little reward. I'm not actually not very good about that, but I know a lot of people do that. They'll have a reward for themselves once they finish the goal and learn to enjoy the work itself. I have since learned to actually really enjoy writing and that's going to be through some of these other tips is how I learned to enjoy it, but it's a process. You can learn to enjoy whatever it is you want to do. God can help you with that. So um, try to do that. Our next tip is keep your why in front of you. And this is Melanie's tip. What do you mean by that, Melanie?
0: Yeah. So when we first set a goal, our why is, very apparent to us. We know, oh, it's going to be so fantastic to not have to worry about becoming diabetic if I mm-hmm. lose weight and get fit. And oh, that's going to be amazing. Or um, having my finances in order and saving money, oh, it's going to reduce my stress level so much. But around Maybe the end of January, this probably for me, (laughs) when it happens, I start thinking, oh, I'm not going to have any health problems because of eating all this junk or not going to the gym or, you know, I mean, I've, I've saved some money. (laughs) It's fine. It's all fine. And we forget all about the big why, the reason why we are striving for the goal that we have in the first place. And I mean, there are a lot of different strategies for keeping your why in front of you. And I will let you um, chime in here, Barb. But one of the things that I created as a part of my organized homeschool life planner is a place for us to write out our why each week. So at least we're reminding ourselves, remember why you're doing this.
1: I love that. And I think one of the ways I do it, I've done it in the past. I don't do it that often, but let's say I'm trying to break a habit. Like I'm trying to use um, discipline with the internet or I follow eating boundaries. I might make a rule that before I break any boundaries, I have to list in my head five reasons why I want to have that boundary in my life or five consequences of consistently breaking the boundary. And usually just doing that, it kind of helps change my attitude and helps me remember my why, because a lot of the whys are involved with benefits and consequences, right? And so like say with, with eating, okay, my why, yes, I want to be healthy. But when that little yummy treat is in front <laughs> of my face, my why is because I want to have fun. So you have mm-hmm. to kind of choose your why maybe, but or remember the consequences of a life of undiscipline. So I think I think mm-hmm. that's a really helpful one to remember. Okay, our next one is to let go of perfectionism. And this is something I struggle with with writing. When I first started writing, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to just race through a first draft of the book without editing. Well, instead, I edited every single page like many, many times. And that's part of the reason I hated writing. And I think we do that in life. We set whatever goal it is and we feel like, oh, I have to be perfect at it. And so instead of just looking at it as an experiment, let's just give it a try. We say, no, I have to be perfect. And then we agonize and, and stress ourselves out and make it not very fun. And so one of the ways I think to deal with perfectionism, and of course, that's something that would take a lot of work to get over more than just like one little point in a podcast, but is to look to see, does our goal tie into our identity? Because like, I don't struggle with perfectionism in, in house housecleaning. I actually didn't in parenting either, But I did in writing because writing, I tended to make it my identity and God doesn't want us to make our goals, our identity, right? He wants us to see ourselves as who we are in Christ. So if you're struggling with perfectionism in some area of your life, maybe just ask, are you caring about this more than God wants you to care about? And then that's, it's kind of a exercise in giving up idolatry in in a way. So there's practical things, but also spiritual things tied in with perfectionism.
0: Mm, Very, very good. One of the things that I have talked about on my podcast before is black and white thinking, Mm. and you can also call it all or nothing thinking and goals are a major area where that rears its ugly head. Mm. So I have as part of my routine, Barb mentioned this before, a writing habit. So what I'm supposed to do is (laughs) write for three hours in the morning. And so I overslept some this morning. I thought I had my alarm on and it wasn't. And so I overslept. And so I didn't get three hours of writing in, or I wasn't going to be able to in the morning. And so an all or nothing mindset would say, well, I mean, you might as well just not even write at all. In fact, you've already blown it for the week. And so just do what you want to do the rest of the week. (laughs) And that is such a destructive mindset that we can work on changing. And I love that Ted Rice, who is a fitness and nutrition coach, he has a podcast called the Legendary Life Podcast. He's not a Christian Podcaster, I just want to make that clear, but I love the truth of what he said recently, which is to strive to become an always something person. Ooh,
1: I love that
0: instead of an all or nothing person. Mm. So if I apply that to my writing, if I develop the habit, the routine of always writing something instead of thinking I have to write three hours or nothing then I'm going to meet my goal.
1: Oh, that's great. And that actually reminds me of something Melanie told me to do just the other day. I was just struggling. I, I have so much to do to get ready for this move we're making. I was feeling overwhelmed. And Melanie reminded me of something she told me in the past where you write a little list of what you have to do for that day. And then you read through the list and then you say, is there anything in there I, I want to do even just a little bit? So you do that. So whatever it is on the list, that you you want to do a little bit, you do it and you do it only for as long as you want to do it. As soon as you don't want to do it anymore, you cross it off. If it's not done yet, you write it again at the bottom of the list. And then you read through the list again and say, is there anything there I kind of want to do? And I thought it was perfect for those days of the week when you just really don't feel like doing anything. And so that that was a really helpful tip to me.
0: Well, I'm so glad and I can't take any credit for it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember whose was that. I can't remember. That approach is called autofocus. and it's in your book too. mm -hmm, And it was developed by Mark Forster.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the ones in, in Melanie's book. She analyzes so many different tips and strategies and that was one of them. Okay. The next one is be a good coach yourself. This is another one Melanie came up with. What do you mean by that, Melanie. Yeah.
0: So I realized that I have been the most motivated in my life with very encouraging, positive people and coaches. So I had the opportunity when I was in high school to see a bad coach. (laughs) And all he did with the girls' basketball team was criticize and belittle the girls. And I don't believe that he was trying to hurt them. I think he thought that this would motivate them mm. to want, you know, to want to improve. And I think as crazy as that sounds, I think we have that idea with ourselves sometimes too. It's like, how could you be so dumb? How could you do that? That was, that's ridiculous. You you know better than that. And it isn't motivating, it's demoralizing. And so I have made a commitment this year in reaching my goals to be a good coach, which a good coach is, okay, well, what what worked in that situation? What did you accomplish? What are you improving on? Okay, and what didn't work? And how can we make sure that that happens less often, <laughs> maybe not never ever again, because we're not going to do the perfectionism thinking. But you know, how can we see that as an obstacle to work around? And it's it's positive, it's encouraging. It sees us as flawed but still okay.
1: I love that. It's like, it's like accepting God's grace for yourself. We give it to others, and we need to accept it for ourselves. And I was thinking too when we. We get into that mode of beating ourselves up and saying, how could you, you know, a lot of times, whatever beating ourselves up for happened the day before or the night before. And then if you wake up in the morning and start beating yourself up, you just don't feel like doing anything that day or you don't feel like working on your goal. So super counterproductive. So that's such helpful advice. And it kind of ties into our next tip, which is renew your mind when necessary, and so often when we're working on goals, we'll be doing that self-talk. It's like it's too hard. I can't do it. And, you know, I used to say that so many times when I first started writing. And what we need to do is we need to take off those lies and put on the truth. And, you know, it's it's hard, but it's not too hard. Um, and we can do all things through, through God who strengthens us. And I can't do it perfectly. I can't do it super fast. I can't do it failure, but I, I can do it. I can work on it today. So just try and renew your mind. I actually wrote a whole series of questions for this when I was writing it. They're in my book, Renewing the Mind Project. It's, um, it has a whole set of questions and Bible verses for, for different thoughts. Each set of questions revolves one of those thoughts. And they're helpful for um, any type of goal you work on. So when I have those thoughts going through my head, I try and renew my mind because when I renew my mind, it actually changes my desires. And so I'll actually want to work on my goal once I renew my mind. So that's super important to do. Mm. And
0: Barb's questions just cut you right to the quick in a good way. (laughs) It just cuts through all the garbage, you know, all the lies that you are believing and telling yourself. So if you just don't even know where to start, then Barb's book is uh, a great place to begin. As you develop in your ability to recognize lies that you're telling yourself, or even just to recognize, oh, oh, I'm feeling a lot of negative emotion. What is going on with that? That's usually Mm -hmm. how it will begin for me. And then I just go and start making a list of things that I am thinking and feeling. And I leave space between those. And then I speak back to those thoughts and feelings just the way that I would with Barb or another friend of mine. And I just say, no, no, you know, that's not actually true. and here is what is true. And it is incredible how at the end of doing that simple exercise, and it really doesn't take very long, to find that your perspective is, uh, it's changed. It's, it's truly been changed. So you can, I think, couple Barb's questions with truth journaling, which is something I really developed as a habit because of what Barb uh, taught me. But then I also just encourage you to go to God's word, wherever Mm -hmm. you are in the Bible, just let the Bible fall open. If you're not on a particular reading plan and boy, the Lord just loves to use his word to speak directly to us.
1: That's good. Okay. Our next tip is gain support. What do you mean by that, Melanie?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, it's, it's kind of funny how, Uh, Barb and I met through Christian blogging, I believe, at first. Mm -hmm. And then when we discovered that we were both Christian writers and both very interested in productivity, that we ended up, and it was Barb's idea, which I'm super grateful for, but we ended up becoming part of a small group that meets every month to talk about our goals and to talk about what's going well with those, what isn't going well, and to kind of do a little crowdsourcing problem solving along the way. And also some self-coaching in the middle of a group, because we talk about what it is that we want to remember for the following month. So it's really been incredibly encouraging and helpful for me and I just know as a psychologist, how crucial it is to have some kind of social support for, um, you know, meeting these goals that you set for yourself. And that it's especially important if you have anyone in your life who is not encouraging, you're going to need that extra bit of support to get there.
1: Yeah. And I would encourage you guys to do that. Um, for whatever you're working on. Uh, My daughter, Abby, has a little goals group she does with two of her friends and they each have different goals. They're working on different areas of their life, but they meet and they talk about those. And And Melanie's in my group. It's just three of us. It's Melanie and I and our friend Gina Otiende, who writes over at intentionaltoday.com on the subject of marriage and has wonderful material. But Just that little group is just so encouraging. You can do it with friends locally. All of us live in different places. So we do it on Zoom once a month. And we start out by saying, see, what was your success for the last month? And then we say, what problem do you want to talk about? Each of us brings up a different problem we have in working on our, our goals for the month. You know, we're all writers. And then I think Melanie said, we say, what do we want to remember at the end? And so try to find support. So if you're working on a goal where a lot of people are working on the same goal, you might be able to find a a group specifically for that goal. But if you don't have that, then just make a goals group. And that could be super, super helpful. Okay. And our last one is conquer procrastination. And it's so easy to procrastinate when you're working on a goal. And when we do procrastinate, then we, we don't you know, often we just don't do the goal because we keep saying, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, then we never do it. And um, it just doesn't get done. So I think there's a couple different ways to approach procrastination. There's there's practical ways. And, and then there's also changing the way we think. We talked about that with the renewing your mind. And I used to think that on the ball, people never procrastinated because I used to be a, just a really lazy, indulgent person. And who couldn't make myself do anything, and I admired, you know, people who just seemed to have it all together and could get everything done. I thought I'll never be that way. Well, I'm actually a pretty productive person now. <laughs> I'm kind of one of those on the ball people, which is shocking to me. But in this recent move we've been making, when I've been so overwhelmed with things to do, and still trying to get writing and podcasting done, I found myself procrastinating again. And I actually went through back through my book, Freeing for Procrastination. Nation, which I wrote for procrastinators by found you know, it actually really works for people who are more, who don't really have a, a big procrastinate habit, procrastination habit, because when you work on any hard goal, you can procrastinate it. If it's something you're not used to, something new, something really intimidating. So I just would ask you to go to God for help with that, you know, um, there there are a lot of little scripture meditations and Bible studies in that book. Plus, uh, plus there's some practical charts and workbooks and tips and things like that, but just do whatever you can to go to God for help for procrastination. I'm sure there's a lot of other good Bible studies out there too, that you could find to help with that.
0: Absolutely. It is a fantastic resource and I had my freedom from procrastination book sitting at my desk because whenever I didn't feel like working, Barb would have a situation that is like that, why you don't want to work. And just reading through the questions was enough to get me moving again. So I highly recommend that. And then the other thing I recommend is my book, A Year of Living Productively, that Barb has already mentioned. And that book is a series of experiments that I did in productivity to help me overcome procrastination and to become more productive. But what I think makes it so powerful is that we treat ourselves like an experiment, like let's see if this will help Melanie get some <laughs> more writing done today <laughs> In, instead of thinking, oh, she's such a mess. She's so lazy. You know, She's beyond help. No, uh, there are certain factors that can help her to get more of the important work done. And I will just give you an interesting example for my From my own life and with my writing in particular, I have a basement office and I never wanted to come down here, especially in the winter time, to write. And I just attributed it to my laziness because I'm a procrastinator. And the fact was that as soon as I put a space heater at my desk... (laughs) My uh, reluctance to come to my office disappeared. <laughs> so wow, for me, it was I hate being cold. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> um, so it could be something really simple like that. If you treat yourself like, oh, I'm I'm just an interesting person, and let's do some experiments to see. What will help her to be more productive? And I, I think you're going to find some exciting discoveries just like I did.
1: Yeah, that's good. And I think a lot of these other tips we talked about will will help you stop procrastinating if you're a procrastinator. Uh, and again, if it's a decision, you know, just try and make that decision quickly because you don't want to have that, um, you know, stop you from doing things. So I just really hope you guys... Uh, just have some good success with your goals this year and also some good success in going to God for help with your goals. Because I think even more important than reaching those goals is developing that close walk with God where he's first in your life. And a lot of times we have opportunities for developing that close walk with God when we go through trials. And interestingly, pursuing goals can lead to trials because some, it's taking us out of our comfort zone. So uh, I'm hoping you'll you'll go to God for help with those things. How about you, Melly? You have any last words of advice or encouragement for anybody listening?
0: Yes, Barb and I want you to know that we were praying for you before we started this podcast episode, and that we are always praying for people who listen to our respective podcasts, read our respective books. We just want to help you because we have been helped by God and by other people who have been there before you and we want you to know that there is hope. This this year can be a big leap forward for you in whatever area it is that you're um that you're wanting to meet these goals in.
1: That's right. And I also want to let you guys know that we both have a lot of free resources at our blog, so you know, we talked about but if that's not in the budget right now, don't worry about that. There's lots of free resources and you can find those uh, at our blog. I think I actually have a list of, I bet there's, I don't know how many Bible verses that I use for procrastination in the very beginning. I'll, I'll add a link to that too. That's another thing you can get um, from the show notes of this episode for free. So
0: yes. Um, and you reminded me, Barb, I have a routine kit that I will be happy to link you to for free as well.
1: Good. That sounds great. So um, go to, I guess each of our websites will have the links to those, right? You can go to barbraveling.com for the show notes for this episode. And what's your website, Melanie? Homeschoolsanity.com. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much for all of you listening. Uh, We look forward to hearing how you do in the new year with your goals. To get a copy of the free homeschool routine kit I mentioned,
0: go to homeschoolsanity.com goaltips. That's also where you will find the links to the other books and resources mentioned in this podcast. Join me next week as my guest and I discuss how to promote healthy eating in our kids. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me. Happy, healthy homeschooling can be yours. It begins with one small step. Let's continue the conversation on social media. I'm at Psycho with Six. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.